Hi, it's episode 6, season 3 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Joining me this week, back again, Greg Taylor from Brazil. And back for the first time this season, Nikki Barrett from Johannesburg. Welcome back, Nikki. Thanks, Jeff. Hi, everyone. Right, OK. Um, before we start, just, just a, a few... Well, just sorry, one announcement, which is um, uh, Aaron Wolf, who's... who's um, obviously appeared on the podcast before Aaron Wolf from Boston. Um, he, um, his wife was rushed into hospital um, on on Friday, and um, they uh, had their second um, baby, um, a girl called Nola. Um, so congratulations, Aaron. Yep, congratulations, mate. Okay. Um, Right, before we talk about today's game, um, Champions League started obviously on, on, on Wednesday um, and we, we played Monaco. Um, we've, we've got a few questions around that, so I'm just going to jump straight into some of those questions. Um, Zach Nola from Weymouth says, Our team shape first half at Wembley was odd, as on a wide pitch we played very narrow. Was this stage fright from our young team or a botched tactical plan? Well, yeah. well, we, we've we've got two training pitches of Wembley dimensions, so I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a little tactical mistake, but it's not it's not a big one. I mean, it's not why we lost. Um, I think I think what hurt us more actually was not having Danny Rose. Mm. So I I don't think it was stage fright mm. or a botched tactical plan, as uh, as Zach said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At Hot Hotspur Way, um, when I was there earlier this year, um, they mentioned that the the, the trading pitch um, normally is, is, is to the d- dimensions of, of White Hart Lane, and they've also got another pitch, a second pitch, that they can use to tailor, for example, um, uh, to, to the dimensions of a, of a particular uh, stadium or pitch, uh, in this case, Wembley. So I don't, I don't think that, that was an issue. Um, We'll come to Danny Rose in a, in a minute. Did, did either either of you, Nicky, did you think that the players were playing the occasion rather than the match? Yeah, I look at, I mean, probably to a large degree they were. And I think maybe um, once again, perhaps underestimating Monaco. I don't particularly think they were brilliant, to be honest. And I think we got into the game in the second half and... and um, we looked brighter, but, um, but it was a little bit frustrating. It was same old Spurs in terms of just they were really slow on the ball. I thought there's just there wasn't just any of that sparkness and and desire and quick on the ball and quick to pass. It was just a bit slow and laboured almost. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think it was a case of maybe 
yeah, it's our first game. Oh, it's it's Monaco. Look what we did to them at Park Lane. We underestimate our opponents. And, I mean, we've already said this all the time. Don't ever underestimate who you're playing. Mm. Don't ever assume that you're just going to walk it. And I agree with Greg. We miss Danny Rose. Yeah, I I think Davies had a very poor game. Yeah, um, I think I I, I was there, and to be honest, it all the the goals that we conceded at the time, they just it just happened very quickly. It just sort of like when they say your life flashes before you, it felt like that. Um, It just all happened very quickly. Um, About two days later, um, I watched. I didn't watch highlights, but I just watched just the goals that we conceded, and. And I thought that Danny Rose was at fault for the for the second goal. Um, Danny and, Rose. So, sorry, Ben Davis even. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> poor Danny. Poor Danny. I was going to say, poor guy. He's nowhere near the bloody pitch. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. Ben, ben Davis was, was at fault for, 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 for the second one. And um, the first one, I think Lamella gave the ball away. And possibly the Tongan could have done a bit better Cl- closing the could have done better yeah close, the close. backed off yeah yeah um so i think there were both two soft goals to, to, to concede um i'm gonna confess i missed toby alvaro's brilliant header um simply because it was very, that night it was really hot in london and i mean ridiculously hot we've had the hottest september in 50 years and it was really really hot in the stadium and it was about 43rd minute and um i went to the concourse to get a drink and as I had my back turned I heard this usual um, so I'm, I missed that but um, yeah I think after that we certainly as you say Nicky played a lot better second half um, but it's probably a little bit too late by that point to turn it around and certainly when Moussa Dembele came on I think that made a big big difference really big mm. difference I think yeah. something we need to remember as well is that it was essentially I mean it was it was in inverted commas, a home game, but it was an away game for us. We don't normally play mm. there. So it was a bit strange for us. I mean, it's not why we lost. We lost because we didn't play as well as we should and because Monaco have actually strengthened and they play better than they did last season. But so yeah. the, the pitch, being at Wembley wasn't why we lost, but it mm. was certainly a factor. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and, and playing with, with, with new players that you haven't played with before and... You know, not the regular guys that you're used to. I mean, there's lots of factors that one can um, maybe use in our defence. But I agree, Greg. I mean, we weren't at our best. And uh, and frankly, we needed a bit of a wake-up call. In, in light of what you've just said about Wembley not being um, not being at home, which it isn't, um, we, we've got a question on Twitter from Anthony. Um, his, under, his Twitter handle is at scan lane o underscore 80 and he says looking ahead has your opinion of using Wembley on a regular basis um, next season changed after Wednesday now that, and he says in terms of for instance travel atmosphere size etc um, I, I, I can comment first hand experience on the travel um, in terms of getting there and getting back um, it's sort of not too dissimilar from from White Hart Lane. If anything, it's probably better better served in terms of transport link, links. However, getting getting out of the stadium was an absolute nightmare. It took over an hour to get from my seat to Wembley Park 
station because there was just a sea of Tottenham fans and we weren't moving. And that was a big, big, pro- big, 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 big problem. And you've also got to throw into the fact that it's half nine at night, ten o'clock, whatever. People want to go back to, you know, people going back to work the next day. Some people have come from outside London and it was a very hot night. So that was a problem. I don't know how you're going to address it. I think the big, big difference is when teams play, for example, for a cup final at Wembley, um, uh, one team will get a certain allocation, the other team will get uh, the other allocation. Normally for a cup final, one team will, will stay back, the, the, the winning team in the, and the team that's lost out will, will leave a bit early. So it's not that bad. Um, and as for next season... For our league matches, as I understand, um, only 50,000 seats will be made available, not the full capacity. So it won't hopefully be, be as bad as it was Wembley. Uh, in terms of atmosphere and size, um, I mean, the size thing, as you said, Greg, the pitch, the players practiced um, on, on a training pitch that's the same size as uh, uh, Wembley. In terms of atmosphere, how did that come across to both of you watching at home or, or watching a pub or, or wherever you're watching? Well, it looked fab. The commentary was a bit um, pathetic, but the, you could feel the vibe, you could feel the atmosphere, and it, it's, it was quiet at times, but I think that it still, it still gave me goosebumps. It still looked fabulous, just seeing the sea of Tottenham supporters. It, looked, it came across really well to me. I was watching on a on a, a stream on my tablet, and it came across really well as well. I, okay. You know, it's pretty loud. There were dips, obviously, but when they when they got going, it was incredible. I thought it was. Um, I've got to say that there's been some. I've read some people um, who, who who weren't that there criticise the atmosphere. Um, all I would say is that. I've, I've been to better away matches where the atmosphere is really special. Um, Stoke, for example, the previous weekend. Wembley, um, pre-match, it was something special. Just coming out of the stadium and seeing a sea of Tottenham fans in the pubs in and around the area, it, that will live with me forever. Um, you know, 85,000 Spurs fans in a single place, so that's something that it, um, yeah. doesn't happen um, normally. Um, within the stadium, the atmosphere was good, but there were times where it was a bit quiet. Um, I think the two goals that we conceded didn't help. That was always going to um, affect. Yeah, of course. Affect, things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm I'm optimistic that it'll, it'll be better um, come the Leverkusen game. Hopefully, um, if we can get some good results elsewhere away from home, then hopefully we'll be in a good position going into that match. Um, I don't know what alternatives there are in terms of next season playing. Um, going back to Anthony's question, um, we're going to have to. We, we knew that we had to play a season away from White Hart Lane. The other option was Milton Keynes, um, which is further away from most people, and it's a smaller. It's a thirty thousand stadium, so I think that it is going to be what it is, and we just have to get on with it. And I, and I think. Hopefully, over the course of next season, if you think of this season, hopefully this will be the the appetizer, and next yeah. season will, will will be the main thing. And hopefully, by next season, we will make Wembley our home, um, and it will be home from home. Um, and we've got to get used to a bigger station anyway, a stadium, stadium anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. 
Brian Campbell says, in terms of the poor first half performance on Wednesday in other games this season, how does Poch motivate a team that all re- that aren't already motivated by winning a place in winning a place in the Champions League, playing at Wembley to a record-breaking crowd, um, bettering our third-place finish, playing for our club that has progressed so far in so many ways in the last few years. And this is actually moving on from um, Wednesday. Um, he goes on to say, are the new contracts making them too comfortable, too much carrots and not enough stick? And I know, Nicky, you had a follow-up from that around um, the contract that was ordered to, to, to Carroll, to, to Tom Carroll. Um so, are we? Yeah. <clears throat> is it a case of too much carrot and not enough stick? Not in my uh, opinion. No. Go on, Nikki. You go. Oh no. Um. I don't. I don't think so. Uh. Look, I, I will be honest. I mean, I think there are some players where you want to secure them and you want to keep them there. And you want them to be committed to the club. But let's be frank, okay? Contracts mean nothing nowadays, okay? We, we, we signed another contract with Pritchard, and where is he? So, so in actual fact, yes, it looks nice on the outside, but if you really get down to the nitty-gritty of it, if someone wants to leave, and if somebody wants to buy someone, and if the price is right, they're going to go. It's nice to, to know that they're committed to the club for a further four or five years, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's where they're going to be. Now, I think the thing that's going to keep them there is not the extending of the contract, it's whether or not we get the results. And the only way we're going to get the results is if they buy into Pochettino's philosophy. Um, I think he looks frustrated a little bit as well. Uh, to be honest, you know, he's always been talked about having this fitness regime and eating right and all the rest of it. Now, you lead by example. Sorry, Pochettino, but have you seen your belly lately? You know, how can you preach and and expect the guys to follow in what you're saying and and believe in your philosophy if you're not even looking at yourself? I'm I'm, I'm maybe way off base here, but. These guys, to me, look up to Pochettino. And currently, he's not looking his fittest. So therefore, I feel we're not seeing the fittest from our players. It's called Um, middle-aged spread. Whatever. (laughs) Please, man. That's just nonsense. I expect more from him. Do do you not like a man with curves? (sighs) No. No. Love handles. Love handles, yeah. (laughs) No. Um, Tom Carroll. I mean... He, he, he's, his contract's extended. Mm-hmm. What does Pochettino see in him, please? But what? In a sense, Nicky, you've only answered your own question about Carroll in that these, these contracts, as you say, they, they, they don't mean a great deal, ultimately. So they're, so they're, not, they're not necessarily the, the, the carrots. Um, and, and I think Pochettino is, is, will, will, will use the stick when he needs to and, and, and he will motivate players when he has to and if players don't fit in and are surplus to requirements he'll, he'll, move, he'll move them on but as you say the contracts don't mean anything essentially the, the way I see the contracts are and Pritchard being a case in point um, you tie that player down for five years four years whatever it may be if you then decide to sell them 12 months to 24 months down the line you can sell them and sell them at, at, at a 
particular value and and make a lot of money as we did with with, with, yeah. Pritch, with Pritchard. Um, I don't know how long Carroll had left on his contract, but if he had eighteen months or twelve months left, and we tried to sell him, for example, in the January window, we would get a reduced. Um, price for him so I think for some of the players Carroll being one of them I suspect that that's what was done and I'm not sure that Carroll has a long term if he's if it's a five year contract he's fine I I honestly don't see not five years uh, what is it? I think it's till, four. Till 2019. Okay. I, just, I don't see him oh, being... Okay. I, do, I do not see him being... I could be wrong, hey, but I don't see him being there to 2019. In, in the case of other players, for example, Ericsson, then yes, there is a bit of tying them down so they don't leave on a, on a free transfer or, or, or a reduced value. But there's also um, investing in that player and knowing that he's going to be there for the long haul. I agree about Carroll, though. I don't think... Um, Winks was the other one who signed this week. Winks, I think it's too early to, to say, but Carroll, I think he's technically good, but he's too lightweight, and I, I, would, I don't envisage that he'll be there for the long haul. The thing is also, with these new contracts being signed, these extensions being signed, um, they're not just a reward to the players, they're a demonstration of the club's confidence in them and the confidence of the player in the club as well. I mean, people like Ericsson and Hugo, etc., and Eric Dyer signing. I mean, that, that's that's a good thing. I, 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 that, that's a feel-good factor for me. Um, regarding Carroll, yeah, I, I I'm a bit bemused as well. But you know, when you contract and and everybody at the time was thinking, what the hell is going on? Maybe Poch can do something with him. I don't know. I mean, I'm not overly hopeful, but you know, I, I kind of I, I do trust in Poch, but with inverted commas at times. Mm. I'm becoming like that, Greg. Actually, which is which is a horrible thing to say because because I'm normally trusting him completely, but but sometimes he he makes some decisions and I do sort of wonder about it and wonder what his thought process is. I'd love to mm. be in his head sometimes, just to understand. I bet, that, I bet that's not the only place you like to throwing. be. Ha <laughs> <laughs> He needs to get rid of that belly first. <laughs> Okay. Um, and a net. A net will move up for me. Should move up. <laughs> okay, let's um, let's move on um, from, from from contracts and from from from, from Champions League uh, to today. Um, positives: um, five played. Um, we've won three matches. Um, drawn to 11 points out of possible 15. Three clean sheets, only conceded two goals so far this season, none of which have been from open play. We are third in the table, um, only, and without playing particularly well, I hasten to add. Um, yeah. And, and I include the Stoke match, which I think we played very well second half, but I think for the first 30 minutes of that game, we weren't great. Yeah. Um, we're third in the table, two points behind Everton, and then four points behind Man City, who are, who are setting the pace. Um, that's a lot better position at the moment than we were this time last year. And to be in that position without playing well um, and with all our players coming back, with Musa coming back um, and some of the investments, uh, some of the signings that we've made, hopefully um, we can push on. Um, and we won today, which is good, but um, it was frustrating today. I have to say it was I think we played very well um, but in terms of frustrating in the sense that I think we if we had got a second goal 
I would have felt a lot more comfortable. Um, it was very, very mm. nervy at the end. It was a bit like that Newcastle game against Crawley. I was just saying it was a bit like that game against Newcastle with Krull in goal, except that this time we came out on the on the correct side. The result. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I think I think uh, we were quite unlucky. I think you know. I mean, we had 19 shots on target, which is the most that anyone's had this calendar year in the first half of a match. So that tells you something. I think the fact that none of those found the back of the net was pretty unlucky, um, but also perhaps shows a little bit of lack of clinical finish, which I do think that we still seem to be missing, you know, and, and, and there's just not enough bodies in the box, mm. seriously. Not enough players in the box. I was on the Johannesburg Spurs WhatsApp chat, and um, and I said, I I, I tired there, you know, get in the freaking box. And two minutes later, we scored. And everyone was like, Nikki, why didn't you chirp up earlier? <laughs> you know, please, why didn't you say something? Because they're clearly listening to you now. But uh, yeah. if you could hear music behind yeah. me, I apologise for that because. There's a car going past, there's elections at the moment. They play music, they play shout numbers out, it's horrible. Hopefully it will go past. It's, it's lovely, it's great, it's great. So we've got <laughs> music, from, music from Brazil. Um, yeah. Nikki's, about, Nikki's about to dance for us in Johannesburg. Um, <laughs> the, uh... Anyway, anyway, do you want my opinion regarding the match? Yeah. Uh, I, thought, I thought the result flattered Sunderland. Um, I think we should have had a hat for. Not another day, maybe we would have. Uh, Sun was my man of the match, as well as the Barclays or whatever it is, man of the match. Um, mm -hmm. He spent the afternoon twist, twisting the blood of Sunderland defenders. I actually nicked that expression from Tim Vickery. I heard it on a podcast, and uh, he talked about players twisting the blood of other players. And I think Sun did that this afternoon. Um, Dembele, oh, it was great to see Dembele back. I loved it. It was dancing around Sunderland players like it was on Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> um, Sissoko needs to settle in, not on the same wavelength as his teammates yet. Uh, Jansen needs to be given a decent chance. Unfortunately, it looks like that'll, that'll be forced anyway. Um, mm. My boy Lamelo, I was quite pleased with him. I know he didn't come on for long, yeah. but as soon but as he, he came he on, changed, he was... He changed exactly. He was threading through balls and opening up the defence, etc. Mm. And something that's not going to be popular, I don't think we missed Ericsson. No, no, we didn't. Certainly on I the corners. Think so, in my opinion. I, I don't think that's a reflection. Oh, sorry, Sun was putting in some pretty good crosses. Towards the end, he was getting tired. Mm, yeah. But in the beginning, I mean, we missed that. We are missing that. Excellent crosses in, into the box, and Sun was doing that for us. I thought Sissoko put a few good crosses in, but again, but it was a bit hit and miss. I think there were some good ones and some not so good. I think, as Greg said, it, it'll take time for him to get in well, the groove. There was one point where he, he kind of took the ball off the feet of, um, of Walker. Mm. So Walker wasn't able to make one of his blistering runs down the right-hand side. Um, I think in the future he probably won't do that because he'll know what Kate, what Walker can do. You know, Walker does. Yeah. Um, 
I thought the 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 all of our, uh, our back four played really well. Um, Walker and Vatsongan playing out of position. Um, a few eyebrows were raised as to why Vatsongan was started, but started. But Rose was injured, and I'm sorry. We'll just come back to um, to Davis. I I like I like Davis and I like Trippier, um, but I think that Walker and um, Walker and Rose are the better players at the moment. Um, and yeah. and I think that Ben Davis. All I say about Ben Davis in his defence, um, I think some players need to play re- regularly for, for them for, to, to get you know to get that sharpness and and so forth. Um, and he hasn't been play, playing regularly, um, so when he's when he's come in, he's, he maybe he's looked a bit rusty or his decision making hasn't been great. Um, that's all I say in his defence. So with that in mind, and with the fact that he played on. Um, on Wednesday, and I guess the likelihood is he'll play again this Wednesday in the Cup against Gillingham. Um, there wasn't any other alternative. So Vertonghen went left back, did a good job. Dyer had to go play at the back, did a good job. Walker did very well, and my man Toby was immense again. Um, Lamella, as you said, Greg, I thought he did really well when he came on. Um, on Ericsson, I think that. You're right, Nicky, I don't think we missed him, but I don't think that's a reflection on him as a player. I think we, we, I just think we've got lots of other good good players that stepped up today and played really well, and just shows that we do have a strong squad. Um. No, for sure, and and don't get me wrong. I mean, I think I think the thing that we were missing today, which is what Lamella and Eriksson brings to the to the game, is creativity. We were missing a bit of that, mm. and, and you you saw it the minute Lamella came on. You yeah. got that creative play because he is such a skillful guy, and and. You're starting to see what he is, the kind of player that he is. That I think people saw uh, right in the beginning when they used to watch him at Roma. That none of us saw. Greg, you, one of them. You know. So <laughs> I, I just, I just think that from that point of view, we missed a little bit of that. But, um, but it's actually not a bad thing because I do think that that he needs a bit of a wake-up call. Yes. Okay. So he does things. In the, in the middle of the park that you don't really he does this little creative touch and whatever the case may be that people don't probably give him enough credit for but I think the thing that we all are used to seeing him do is the crosses and those free kicks and he's just not got that in his in his bag at the moment I don't know where mm-hmm. it is it's it's maybe still on holiday from two seasons back it's it's just weird no I lie the last time we actually saw brilliant, brilliant Ericsson play, especially in terms of free kicks, was that Swansea game last season. Yeah. And and then since then, it's just I don't know what happened to it. Maybe he left it. He left it in um, in Wales. I don't know. But uh, but uh, that's the part I miss. I think I think Dembele, seeing him back there is brilliant, and I just hope that taking him off with that little hamstring niggle was was just that a precautionary thing because. He's he's brilliant. He he breaks the line, you know. He gets away from players. He just he changes the, the movement mm. of play. I love it. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. I, I think at the moment for me, um, sorry, uh, Greg Hugo is our biggest liability. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. He may be a brilliant keeper, but his ball distribution is getting worse, and somebody needs to, to do something about that. He puts us under pressure unnecessarily. Really, and he did it again in today's game. 
Well, if I was Vaughan, I'd be quite pissed off given that I mean, Vaughan was superb against Liverpool. And, he, and I think he's, 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 he's gone on record as saying it was his best game, well, it was certainly his best game for Tottenham, but I don't know if it's... I might have read that he thought it was his best game ever. And bearing in mind he's played a lot of football on a regular basis when he was at Swansea. Um, yeah, Larissa's distribution was on on at least two occasions, and I was at the other end. Well, um, I, my vantage point wasn't great. I was in the Paxton, and I was in row row one, right behind the photographers. So mm-hmm. I had a good view of Larice, um in the first half. In the second half, he was the other end of the pitch, at, so I couldn't see very well but I'm sure there was at least two occasions where his passing was suspect in fact even in the first half when I could when I did have a yes. better view so not that, that he not that he had to do much yeah. um, Jack not that he had to do much in the first half to be fair but um, it's it, probably it's dozing just, off it, yeah, probably that's why I said is somebody keeping you awake on that end which was which was a compliment to our play but still it's just it's just um, it's one of his weakest points for such a strong goalkeeper it's just one of his weaknesses and it's a big weakness and I just wish that they'd work with him on that because you know there was sometimes no need for him to kick the ball and 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 make it an a play you know why he just didn't keep it to the feet and keep it tidy so they could keep possession but he and then he when he did keep it on the on the ground I mean some of those passes were really dodgy and put us under pressure I, well, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just not very happy with him at the moment. I far prefer Vaughan at the moment. I think I he needs to also catch a wake up. I don't think you're the only one. I mean, I think it'd be interesting. I suspect Vaughan will play against Gillingham, and if he has a good game, it'd be interesting. Will Pochettino pick? Um, will he? Will, will he then pick Vaughan against Middlesbrough next week? Um, because you know, Pochettino is somebody who, who, who will make difficult decisions. He's not shy. Um, and if he if he's, if, if, he's, if he thinks somebody should be dropped, he'll do that. But will will he do that with Larice? We shall see. No, I don't know. I don't think Larice is behaving like a very much like a captain should be behaving. Mm. He's not, you know, he's not leading by example. Certainly yeah. not with his third ball distribution. So until he gets that sorted, if I were Pochettino, I'd, I'd put him on the bench. But I'm not Pochettino, and I'm not a couch coach, so I'll just shut up. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> before before we move on from Sunderland, just very quickly because um, again I was at the game and you guys watch it and sometimes you pick up on things that I won't pick up on, vice versa. Um, so Dembele came off with a niggle, as far as I could see, but hopefully it's nothing too serious. Mm. And Dyer had an injury as well. Yeah. Uh, also, just a hamstring niggle. It looks like. Right. Okay. And neither of well, those two. They're supposedly they're supposedly cramp. Okay, and that's fine. Mm. That's what, I, that's I, what I, said. I wouldn't envisage either of those players will play against Gillingham anyway on Wednesday. So, hopefully, they'll be back in time, ready for Stoke ne- next week. Um, the one that obviously or even, is, or even Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough, even I, yeah. Stoke, Middlesbrough, too many away trips, too many teams that play in red and white <laughs> and whatnot, Middlesbrough. Yeah. You, you, you know, you'd think they choose a bit of colour, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One would always think, think my mind is elsewhere at the moment. Anyway, um, right, where were we? Podcast. Um, uh, um, 
the one that the one the one the one the one that was a bit of a concern was um, Harry Kane. Now I saw him mm-hmm. go down, he turned his ankle, um, and he was in quite some pain, and he was um, calling to the bench, and then he, he got taken off on a um, stretcher, and he, was, he went straight past past where I was on the pack step, and he really did look in some discomfort. Um, I suspect he, he will be he won't be playing next week against um, Middlesbrough. I'd be very surprised if he does. Um, if yeah, it's an good job he bought a striker, wasn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll come to actually. Let's 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 jump to a question that we had on on, on Janssen. So Ed, Ed Brad asks: Is anyone else getting the Soldado feeling about Janssen? Um, he's this was posted before the Sunderland game. Um, no, this... he hasn't no, played often enough. He hasn't played enough for us to even get a feel of what the guy is capable of. That's just mm. really yeah. I'm just... Stupid, stupid I agree, Nicky. I'm sorry. Sorry. Okay. Thanks, Greg. I mean, seriously, <sighs> the guy hasn't even played enough. And now with, with Kane possibly off for a few weeks, you know, give the guy a chance. He hasn't even had a chance to, you know, they will play. And, and I'm telling you now, there was a time in the box today where nobody was there. And I'm telling you, if Janssen was on the pitch, he would have gotten that in, into the net. Because that's what we need. We need players in the box. Kane is just too slow at the moment. I don't know what's up with him as well, but he needs to be rested, and maybe this is a forced rest for him. It's not a bad thing, in my opinion. Loris hasn't scored yet, and he's played loads of games. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, What's up with that? He's so bloody Soldado. Soldado. (sighs) Hugo Soldado. Janssen, um, I I could sort of... Okay, I'm going to give Ed the bet. I could sort of see what he's saying, because... On the few occasions that I've seen um, Janssen play this season, and, and, and to be fair, you're absolutely right, Nicky, he hasn't had enough game time, so you can't make that judgment one way or the other. But there have been times, particularly on Wednesday, where you just get the sense he's... And it's just a perception thing, that he's maybe trying that little bit too hard to get that goal. That's the only thing that I see at the moment. But he hasn't played enough. He... When Soldado joined us, actually, people forget, but very early on, he he did get a few goals for us, albeit some of them, or quite a few of them were penalties. Then he went for a stage where he was missing really bad chances. We can't level that of, uh, at um, uh, at Janssen at the Janssen. moment. Um, he's got a chance now. Um, I, I would envisage yeah. that uh, that Kane will be out for one, one to two weeks if it's just a sprained ankle. If it's ligament damage, um, then... That's going to be far more serious. Uh, I imagine they'll have an X-ray, and we'll know within the next day and a bit. Um, but Janssen, you know, he 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 was top goal scorer in, in the Dutch league. Uh, we bought him for a reason, and he's got an opportunity, and I hope he takes it with with both hands. Yeah, or feet. Jeff, Jeff, going back to what you just said about <laughs> Jeff, going back to what you said about um, trying that little bit too hard. Let's be mm. fair. All strikers try a little bit too hard. Harry tries a little bit too hard. I'm nodding so, here. Actually, yeah. all players try a little bit too hard, especially when they're new and they're trying to prove themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't necessarily see that as a bad thing. Yes, they need to relax into it and and sort of 
gel and, and be confident in their abilities. But they've also got to be confident in the passes that they're going to get and the opportunities that they're going to take from the passes that they receive. So, you know, I don't think it's fair. We haven't seen enough of him. And and that goes for all the other guys too. I mean, we've, we've just got to wait and see what happens. They were bought for a reason. And I do think they have strength in our squad. And and let's hope that they get given the opportunity to, to show us what they're made of. I mean, mm. that's all, all, the, all we can hope for. I mean, they've got a spur shirt on now. So no matter what, we support them. End of. Agreed. Except for maybe Tom Carroll. I just, I just don't know about him. <laughs> but Poor anyway. Tom. <laughs> Poor Tom Carroll. Um, right, okay. Um, we're going to take some more question, questions for the second, second half of the podcast. Um, before we do, very, very, very quickly predictions on our next two matches. So we've got Gillingham in the um, EFL Cup on Wednesday. I presume we all think we're going to win that match. Well, don't make assumptions. <laughs> it might be a chance for your boy Carol to come on and shine. Oh, yay! <laughs> Maybe my other boy, my other boy, um, Oh, Josh. I have to set a blank now. Thank you, Josh. By the boy, Josh, because I haven't seen him for a while. So, and he he is guilty of trying a little bit too hard. Mm. And that, and I love that about him. I just wish he'd settle down because then he might just score. But um, Gillingham, I don't know much about them, so I can't really say. And I imagine that we're not going to put out a full strength squad, so we'll probably play some of the other guys. Um, so all we can do is, is hope for the best and say, yeah, you know, hopefully we win. Middlesbrough, uh, again, I must be honest, I haven't really been following them very much this season. I've just been so busy, Jav, as you know. Yeah. And um, so I can't really say how Middlesbrough have been playing. I don't really have an opinion on that. I'm sorry. But I'm just going to hope that if we carry on like we are, and yes, it might not be pretty, but remember what Leicester did last season? They ground out these results, even if it wasn't pretty, even if it was 1-0. Yes, it's heart-stopping at the time, but we get the points and we keep a clean sheet, and that's all that matters. So if we keep continuing to do that and we do get to full strength, then I'm, I'm behind them all the way. Greg? Okay, well, as you said quickly, 3-0 win over Gillingham, 2-0 win over Middlesbrough. There you go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yep, 3-0 for me, and I'd say 2-1. Two, two, Right, okay. Um, <laughs> right, um, so the Spurs ladies, they've been doing particularly well um, and uh, they've, they've been on a winning streak both, both in league and cup games. Um, can they maintain that? Um, here's Bex with this week's update. Hi, it's Bex. Just letting you know what goes on in the world of the Spurs ladies. It's been an outstanding week for the girls this week. They played on Wednesday night. They played at QPR at Uxbridge and managed a nice little 4-0 win. That result took them top of the table. Two goals from Nikita Winnett, one from Kelly Blanchard and a final one from Josie Green made that a nice convincing win. They controlled the play again. Very strong side. I'm not really sure QPR knew what had hit them. They played again Sunday afternoon. They played down in Lewis at a most bizarre named ground called the Dripping Pan. Seriously, would you want to go and play there? Anyway, so the girls have come back, or will come back to the lane, with a nice little 6-1 win underneath their belt. A hat-trick for Bianca Baptiste, goals also from Kelly Blancheflower, Nikita Winnett and Wendy Martin to seal the win. 
So they are absolutely flying at the moment. Confidence is high. And again, if you're reading any of the match reports, it's very clear that the girls are absolutely controlling the games. They have a break now from their league matches. They don't play again until Sunday the 2nd of October, where they play at home in Chessant. Uh, they play CNK Basildon, and that's at 2 o'clock. Given the fact that they are doing so well, for those less inclined to take or to put any effort into watching ladies football and to just dismiss it out of hand as it's only girls, it might be worth you taking a bimble down to go and have a watch. It's not the same as the boys game, quite obviously, but it's definitely worth going to support the girls as they're doing so well. Top of the league is always very nice, and to be top of the league over their nearest rivals, Charlton, makes it even sweeter. As ever, if anybody has any questions about how the ladies getting on, please drop me a line on Twitter. I'm at Bunches Bex, or you can do so via the podcast Facebook page. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tom Hotspur Family Podcast. Thank you, Bex, for your update. And well done, Spurs ladies, on their 6-1 win today. Um, they're flying high in the league. Right, um, let's finish off with a few more questions. Um, right, so we've got a couple of questions on um, on one of your old um, Tottenham Flames, if I can say that, Nikki. Um, Chadley. Um, that's a Chadley. Mark Stoll says, anyone love Chadley more this weekend than they ever did before? And then a, f- a follow-up to that, Oliver Lee says, did we make a mistake in sa- selling Chadley? Go on, Nicky, he's your uh, boy. You answer first. <laughs> Look, he, he is my boy. We, we, were all, we all know that. But um, again, I think, I think sadly, sadly, you see, see these sparks of brilliance from Chadley. He's not consistent enough. Love him dearly, but he's done that before. He's come on and scored two goals for us, and then he goes through a dry spell where he's just not really doing very much. So, you know, I'm glad that he scored and, and he, um, he helped them win. But at the end of the day, um, let's see if he's more consistent. If he's more consistent, then I'll say, mm, maybe we missed a trick there. But unfortunately, I don't think he will be. Or maybe he will, because now he'll start more often and he'll, be, he'll get regular game time. So maybe he will start to be more consistent and, and, be, and we'll maybe go, mm, maybe we missed the trick there. But I don't think we have. I don't think we have. He'll never be consistent for us because he won't play every single game. He will never be in the starting lineup. He'll come on as an impact sub. And then even then I don't think he would have had enough in his locker to to give it a, to give us what we needed. So uh, I wish him all the best though. Mm. Still love him. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree with Nicky actually. I mean I've always liked him. I just think it was better for his career to move on to be a bigger dolphin in a smaller pond, you know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, it, it, like it was it. a better move for him, you know. As, as Nicky said, he wouldn't get the opportunities here. And at WBA, he's, he's kind of like a, a, a big star, as, as it were. Mm. He, at Tottenham, he was, he was a squad player. At West Brom, he's, he's a starter. So, you know, good luck to him. Yeah, yeah, well, I, uh, just to, to echo everything you said, both of you, um, I, and the only other thing I'll just add to that is I hate games against West Brom, but, um, uh, just as much as I hate games against Stoke. Um, but when they do come to White Hart Lane, um, I will look forward to that, just for, for hopefully the reception that Chadley will get. Um, yeah, I hope he gets like, a good reception. Yeah, a bit, a bit like Defoe again today, not for the first time, he gets a very good re- reception. So he's got a place in, in a lot of Spurs fans' hearts. 
um, and maybe even some cases even more so for, for his goals against West Ham yesterday. Um, right, Sam Moore asks, why is Poch treating Wimmer so harshly? I've seen the article about his injury, but there's no way Cameron Carter-Vickers should be in the squad ahead of him. Um, the follow-up from that, Mark Stoll says, telling the world that an 18-year-old has more old has more to them than a valued squad member isn't the way I expect Poch to be. Very disrespectful in my opinion. Um, that should be kept between um, him and the player. So the article, in case anyone hasn't read it, um, uh, uh, Pochettino said that um, that although Vimmer had done very well um, and obviously featured in the Euros as well, um, he had an injury which meant that he didn't really start any of the pre-season matches. Um, Cameron Carter-Vickers came in and, and did very well, um, and that's why he's at the moment ahead of the pecking order. Um, I I don't think that I I don't have a problem with that, and I don't know that he has been disrespectful to um, to 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 Vimmer. Pochettino isn't the sort of manager or sort of person, moreover, that would that would be disrespectful to a, to a player unless something was said or lost in translation but i i don't have an issue with with that um Vimmer had an injury cameron carter vickers came in in in, in pre-season and did very well so that's uh, <coughs> who, who wrote the article who's the source um, that's from? a very good question um because because i'm serious i'm serious about this jeb it depends on who wrote the article and where it comes from, because I think, like you said, maybe something was lost in translation. I also don't think Pochettino is the kind of guy that will go and badmouth players, or not badmouth them, but even say something that might be slightly perceived as disrespectful. He doesn't strike me as that kind of person. And he's, I don't he's no Tim Sherwood. Anybody... No, exactly. Thanks, Greg. I don't think that he's the kind of guy that will... Um, outwardly say and, and and you know what again i haven't read a lot of articles in, at the moment so so correct me if i'm wrong and and i'll put my hands up saying i'm the first one that's wrong but i don't think he's the kind of person that will go around saying well this one's going to be chosen above that one or this one's going to be selected before that one if they perform on the pitch during training he then makes his decision i think that's how he's always done it hmm. correct me if i'm wrong so you know, if, if, if Wimmer is injured and Carter Vickers stepped up to the plate and he's impressed with what he saw, then great. But, you know, if, if um, and I think Wimmer's done brilliant things for us. So I have no reason to believe that, that Pochettino will put Carter Vickers in front of Wimmer if, if Wimmer shows his stuff on, on the pitch during training. The, the article is... Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say the, the, the article is is, is legit, um, and um, it was in the Tottenham and Wood Green Journal. Um, the quote from Pochettino is: "All my decisions are because I think a player can give more things than another player. It's for that I've picked him on the bench. Kevin arrived late to pre-season, and he was injured. Remember, he didn't play in Australia, and Cameron did very well. You can watch the games, and if he deserves to be on the bench, then why not? Because he's he, because he is young, and another is dot 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 question mark. It's about performance. So, but it's I, always I, been about performance yeah. for Pochettino. So how's yeah. that being disrespectful to Rimmer? I don't get it. Yeah, I. I don't see an issue there. Okay, all right. I'm I'm just a little bit worried that Wimmer wasn't on the bench today, and 
because neither of them were on the bench, were they? I mean, no. um, Dyer was pushed into as in as a centre back when, mm. in theory, we've got two centre backs available. Because Vimmer's injury wasn't, it was a muscle strain, wasn't it, or something. So hopefully that will be sorted out by now. I, I wouldn't read too much in there. Remember, I mean, you can only have so many, we said this a few weeks ago, but you can only have so many substitutes. Today he had both the fullbacks. A few weeks ago, Trippier was on the bench. Today we had both the full, yeah. fullbacks. And then you could always bring one, as we had to when Dyer got injured, you could bring one on in in, in, in Davis and switch for Tongan into the centre. So I... Overly concerned about that. Okay, last two questions. Um, John Steggles asks, "How do you rate the level of pundit punditry on on television? Best and worst pundit." So this is an interesting one, given that um, you're both in in two different continents um, to myself. Um, so, what's the level of punditry like in in South Africa, Nikki? Um. Well, uh, look, I, I, years ago, always liked Andy Townsend, don't shoot me, but I did. And lately, he is annoying the living crap out of me, seriously. I mean, he paid Tottenham the compliment today, which was just unheard of. Uh, I, thought it, I thought that hell was going to freeze over because he did that. It just seems to pain him to even be nice about us it, it, he's just so biased I, I think him and Clive Allen don't like either of them when they comment doing any sort of commentary or punditry uh, for Spurs because I think they're, they're both very biased so for me they're probably my worst mm-hmm. um, I don't think I have a best really I don't really think I think the um, and I've just had a blank John who, who does the presenting for Sky Sports, well, um, and I can't think of his surname, but I like him. He, but he's a presenter and he's a neutral. He doesn't really, he doesn't really get involved too much with his opinions. Um, so maybe that's why he's on my fake list. I don't know really, Jeb. Okay. Uh, what about you, Greg? Well, most matches that I watch are with Portuguese commentary. Um, <laughs> But what I will say is that they do treat us with respect, which is something that I don't see the English pundits doing. Um, no. I mean, sometimes I have to watch on a stream, and like today I was watching on Sky One on, on Mobdro. Um, there are, I, I can see there are way too many Scouser and Guna pundits. Um, I think they should get Mickey, Haz- Mickey Hazard on as a counterbalance. <laughs> he's, a, he's very pro us. Um... Oh, very, very, very. I've got to say, the level of punditry in the UK at the at the moment has probably been the worst that it's been for a very long time. I think before, um, Greg, you'll probably remember this, but you know, back in the day, you had ITV and the BBC, and that that was it. Oh, the they, big they, yeah, and and they they were the main main channels, and you you had only so many commentators and only so many pundits. Obviously, some good, some bad. Now, you know, you've got your ITV, you've got BBC, you've got Sky, you've got BT Sports, and you've got so many, so much more in terms of choice and in terms of number, but you've also got a lot more shit, really. And um, there are, I think, overall, it's, there's a lot of um, a lot of pundits which are quite poor. I've, I, I, I don't, I've got no issues against somebody if they're 
you know, ex Chelsea or ex Arsenal or whatever, um, that's that's fine. I, I, you know, they played for whoever they played for. That that's their prerogative, um, and, 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 and they might have allegiance in a particular way, but that's fine. Um, but when it starts to when they start to give, well, firstly, if if they're not knowledgeable or, or their opinions are, are just crap, um, Michael Owen, Owen, for example, being a case in point or, or not very articulate, then, then that's annoying. But but also if it's if they're quite biased one particular way, then then that's quite annoying. I think um, there are far too many that I think are poor for me to to mention. Um, the ones that I do, the ones that I one that I do like is Gary Neville. Um, I also like. Philip Neville, although he's a little bit boring and whiny and not as interesting as his older brother. Um, I've got to say, I also like um, Paul Scholes um, as well. Um, I think he just says it as it is. But there are far too many pundits. That's um, Kevin Kilban. He's another one that's very good. Um, I feel um, we. we get a lot of him on, on match of the day and dare I say it um, and I will be shot down for this but um, an ex-Arsenal player Martin Keown I think he talks very well he's very articulate um, and last season he, he spoke highly of us um, on, on a number of occasions so I, 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 I won't shoot any... you down I've seen him a couple of times when I've had to watch on streams I, I, I agree with that hmm. um, right final question um, on a slightly light hearted note Zach Casnola says, you're staying away in a hotel for work and after a great evening in the bar, two people separately invite you back to their room. The first is a young actress called Jenna, who apparently was once in Doctor Who. The other is a tall Belgian with immaculate hair called Toby. What do you do? Um, So what I would do, I would go up to Toby. I've met both Toby Alderweireld and I've met Jenna Coleman. I would go up to Toby Alderweireld I would, um, I would uh, uh, put my hand through his hair and feel his hair because he's got great hair. I'd look him in the eye and I'd gently n- let him down and I'd point, but I'd point him in, in the direction of my friend Nicky. Um, and then at that point, I would quietly retire with Jenna to, to, um, to her hotel room um, and we'd have a night of tantric sex and wake up the next morning um, and have breakfast. Um, and on that bombshell, um, thank you, Greg. You don't want my answer. <laughs> you don't want our answer. How answers. do we get an answer? We're being pushed out here, fun. aren't we? <laughs> That's not fair. And I was going <laughs> to give you Jenna Coleman. You were going to give me proviso, Coleman. But on the proviso that I can have Charlize Theron's room number. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you, can be, you can be my guest. Nick, Nicky, anything? I've, I've given you Toby, unless you want a bit of Jenna as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think what I'll do is I'll go to Jenna... And um, and invite her to join me in Toby's room. So uh, Toby can can um, hold the camera, or Jenna can, or I can. You never know, and you'll never see it. <laughs> and you won't know what we get up to. <laughs> for all we know, we might just be watching football. For goodness' sake. <laughs> you, you might and be. And analyzing Spurs, analyzing Spurs and Pochettino's belly. <laughs> One last, one last think, thing, actually. Can I, can, sorry, just on that note, can I just say something? Mm. Annette, please stop feeding Pochettino chocolate and cake, okay? He needs to set an example for the rest of the players. I want him to get rid of that belly and have a flat iron body chest again. So, you know, can you just 
stop feeding him, force feeder. feeding him, probably. <laughs> and out the feeder. Right. Um, actually, one, one final thing. I meant to say this earlier. Nicky, um, Johannesburg Spurs, they got a mention in the... Um, in the match programme um, on Wednesday, in the Champions League match programme, um, there was an article um, all about Johannesburg Spurs and an, an interview that um, that you did for the Spurs match programme. So well done for, for, for getting mentioned. Oh, thank you very much, Deb. We've just celebrated um, our first birthday. Congratulations. And we're about 200 members strong. And uh, so thanks. Thanks for all the support, guys, all of you, because I mean, you're always just sharing our posts and commenting and liking and, and everything. And, and I must say, it just, the response has been great. It's been wonderful. It's really been special. So thanks, Joe. No worries. Okay. Um, thank you. Thank you, Nikki, as ever. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. Nice chatting to you. And you. It's been, been a while, but look forward to it yes, again. Please. Absolutely. Right, we're all off to get Potch on a diet. Um, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out all the hurt.